You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This this nervousness on the phone there, sir. I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The number here is 608-501-0718. We are officially going to do our first live. For whatever reason, my camera doesn't want to see my face. I am here, though. Let me scoot you a little closer to me. We're going to try this. We're going to do it live, live. And, and I think we're just going to skip ahead. Um, and I'm just going to turn the phone on. That was going to be sort of a two-step process there where um, we go live, but we just do the recorded, and then uh, later we would do live with the call-ins. I don't know if anybody's going to. You don't have to call in. It doesn't really matter. We'll see how this goes. Uh, just a heads up, though, I'm not going to answer calls from numbers I don't know because I don't know where you're going to try to take these things, and we're not playing that game. So uh, if you would like to, though, wait until the show's over. Call in with your question. We'll get to know you a little bit, and then you can call in during the live show. Anyways, if nobody wants to call in, we'll just continue on with what we normally do again New callers generally do go to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers, so let's start and see what Jersey Mike's got to say. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. Um, so I'm listening to this Colin Coward talk about Jordan Love, and, you know, I expect him. I saw the Lube on third down, and he missed it bad. I mean, bad being like, what, five inches outside of Luke Musgrave's outstretched arm? Okay, yeah, he missed them, but it wasn't bad. But but you know what is bad? Colin Coward's brain that doesn't work. Man, I am sick of this moron. Yeah, it's really bad. How does this guy have a show? You know how he has a show? Because he has horrible freaking takes, and all anybody wants to do is spit on him. He is a disgusting, illogical, unintellectual moron and quite frankly where i'm at is i am done i am done listening to colin coward i am done hearing anything he has to say i am because jersey mike come back to me man how about this process man how about we say we are done listening to stupid people with stupid takes and if you don't have anything that's actually intellectual to say you're not getting my views because that's how these people make money, right? They make money because they have your views. Well, if they don't have your views, they don't have money. And if they don't have money, then guess what? You're not going to have to see them regardless. And then these stupid idiots don't get to talk in front of a national platform and have everybody believing their garbage. So, so here's the job for all of us from here on out. Stop paying attention to these morons. Anyway, go pack, go. Yeah, I feel a little bit bad for having given Colin Coward a little bit of credit a while ago. Um, I guess everybody is going to have a good take once in a while. It's been real bad this year, though. I mean, I like I said, some of the worst things I have ever heard anybody ever say on any national program was when Colin Coward went on a tangent about how he's completely done with Jordan Love because of four articles that were 
completely random taken out of context one of them was just out of nowhere it was it was talking about a competition between him and in uh, the backup quarterback which doesn't exist i mean it's just complete nonsense and then he goes on a tirade about justin fields he's doing the same thing but he has completely changed his tune because of the two screen passes i mean the, the guy has I, I don't i don't i guess i don't understand it really i mean even even from a business model standpoint you look at it and say well it's just about clicks and all this stuff and it's like yeah but I don't feel like that's necessary. Is it really that necessary to be stupid to get clicks? I understand having hot takes, but are you that like uncreative that you can't come up with hot takes that aren't just awful takes? Is that the only kind of hot takes you can come up with is just awful takes? I, I, I don't, I don't really know uh, what the deal is with him. Um, I mean, I, I've, I already commented on, his talk before where I said he, he kind of did, in my opinion, come to the right conclusion, but he did it for the wrong reasons. But no, he's, he's just a blowhard. And I don't know if he's just gotten a lot worse over the years or if he's always been this bad. And I just kind of jumped in when he was just on a streak of saying things that semi made sense. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's, it's Colin Coward is um, I, I, it's, it's really just kind of an embarrassment that he has the job that he has. And honestly, it really is just, it, it, it's no different than politics, right? It's like, oh man, these politicians are the worst. It's like, well, they're the guys that we vote for. Though. We're the ones that put them there. The, the people that are on TV are there because we put them on TV. You know? I mean, I'm not saying I'm doing anything super special, but that guy's getting millions of views. I'm probably going to get like 100 for this show. So, I mean, it's up to you <laughs> who you want to listen to. I, I guess that would be better than whatever it is I'm doing. I don't know. That's uh, that's an unfortunate thing, but I do think that that's kind of a reality. And I, I guess I just don't understand it. Like, what is the appeal of anything? Any, anything on ESPN or anywhere else? What are they saying that is feeding you? Is it just background noise? Because there are 65 billion. Again, take me out of the equation. There are so many podcasts, so many YouTube channels, so many ways to consume content from people that actually know what they're talking about. They know your team better than these national people do. They know the NFL better than these people do. We got people that know data, people that know film. We got NFL former players breaking down film for you. And yet Colin Coward's blowing everybody out of the water. What, what, why, why are you watching him? I don't know, but lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people do. And uh, so I guess we have no one to blame but ourselves. Sorry, Greg, Mike again. Um, I, I just wanted to, uh, to to comment on you telling me that I'm being way too optimistic and you just can't get there right now. Um, let me let me tell you how to get there right now. It's very it's very easy. Okay, stay with me. Wait. This is training camp and preseason. We have no idea what this team is actually going to look like because for the most part, none of this stuff is actually telling us anything when we're talking about vanilla defenses and vanilla offenses and not the actual starting cast. It's not going to get me there, though. I mean, I, again, this just kind of brings me back to the, the thing with the Chicago Bears where no information means good information. I mean, it's, it's like the opposite of what we've been doing with Jordan Love. Well, we don't know, so he must be bad. It's like, again, all I'm saying is, if the data is bad and the only data I have in front of me is bad, what am I supposed to do with it? You can say ignore it, or you can say acknowledge it and try to figure out to what degree we should factor it in. I don't know how we go from bad to everything's going to be great. That's that's the leap I can't make. If you want to say it's just preseason, you shouldn't overreact, fine. But I don't know how to look at bad data and then say, well, it's only preseason, therefore it must be good. That's where I can't quite get there. In all the right spots and blah, 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 blah. Okay? So hear me out. Plus, the whole vanilla defense thing doesn't make it easier for me to believe that everything's going to be okay. Like, things are so much easier now, and it's, you know, still getting bad passes. But it that somehow, I don't know, I, I, can't, I can't get there. There is no reason to be pessimistic until we get to the actual season mm. and we start seeing some bad things. And then I would even preface on top of that, let's see, you know, by week three, we should have a general understanding of what this team can be, right? But I'll say this about why I said what I said about Jordan Love. He didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion, in that game. 
And that's why I gave him that A grade. Because as a professional, like, we didn't, we didn't see enough. We didn't see enough to stay wow throws, see wow throws or anything. But I can't ding him for those wow throws not being made because he made all the other plays that I kind of was expecting him to make. So in my book, the grade was an A because he did his job. And, and if you do your job the way I expect it to be done, you know, A. And again, the only reason I would have knocked him down to a B was that pass to Luke Musgrave. But that was the first drive. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him, all these things going on. And he settled down real fast, so I let that one win. Um, but if he starts throwing interceptions and stuff like that and, you know, not able to get his groove if he makes a mistake, then we'll start talking about C's, D's, and S, right? But, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. So why don't we just, why don't we just remain positive about the team until we truly have a reason to be negative? But I think everything looks positive. Even Lucas Van Ness not having a good time. Andrews doesn't. That's positive to me because they're playing around making a mistake doesn't. that he's not used to doing and, and showing them like, hey, this is how hard it's going to be. So yeah, you got the bull rush. Yeah, you can power through people, but look, look at this. Bro, you're not on Rashawn Gary's level. I want to knock you down a peg so we can lift you up even more. Anyway, go peg, go. My wife is calling me. She always has to come in at, like, every time I do a live stream, she comes bar. She never comes in here when I'm doing stuff, ever. But only when I'm doing this, it's every time she comes in. Elevated Shine, by the way, says Jersey Mike is going 190 miles per hour down the highway, making this call, eating a sandwich and smoking a cigarette. So a couple things, Jersey Mike. We agree on 99% of things, but I think you're getting a little far into like hyperbole a little bit. Um, so I didn't say D's and F's, and I didn't say he was bad. I just said I can't give him an A for being very mediocre, right? He, he he did the bare minimum and missed a wide-open Luke Musgrave. That is a C at best. So I didn't say D's and F's. There's also a difference between, you know, saying that we know everything, you know, everything's horrible, everything's terrible, Jordan Love is garbage, all this stuff. I'm not saying any of those things. But I'm not being positive about negative things, right? I'm being positive about positive things and negative about negative things and trying to be realistic about the fact that although... This doesn't give us 100% of the information that we need because it is preseason and you never know. It's still information. Because otherwise, otherwise, there's no point in doing any of this. And that's, that's the thing. Like, I think sometimes people forget that I have a podcast to do. If you want to just be a fan and do whatever you want, that's fine. But I, I can't really do that. Otherwise, th there's no point to this show. We could just come on and be like, dude, everybody's great. Everybody's so good. Anders is going to be great and... Jordan's going to be great, and all the problems are going to be fixed, and Eric Stokes is going to grow new legs, and he's going to be great, and like everything's going to be wonderful, and everything like I, I'm I'm trying to be as positive as I can about all the positive things, but I can't not highlight some of the negative things, and I can't just assume that you know again if we're going to jump around and do backflips about the positive things, and I do think I overhype the positive things because this is somewhat of a fanalist thing, you know. Um, but you can't do backflips for things and then say whenever, the, whenever anything negative happens, it's preseason, it doesn't count. Well, then you can't celebrate the positive things either. So, no, I mean, I, I again, this is why I preface every negative thing I say with, I know it's just preseason, I know it doesn't 100% mean anything, but again, it, it, negative is negative. And, and like I said, if it was just one throw from Jordan, it wouldn't be even worth talking about. But it's the fact that it was 22 times from Jordan in 11 training camp practices that it becomes noteworthy. It's, it's no different than what we've been talking about with Anders Carlson. Everybody wants Anders Carlson cut. Why? Why does everybody want Anders Carlson cut? Why can't we just say it's preseason, it doesn't matter, it's training camp, it doesn't count, don't worry about it? I mean, some people, I guess, are saying that. Why are people worried about Andrew? Because they should be. Just because it's training camp doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to throw to wide open guys. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to kick 33-yard extra points. You still have to do these things. So I'm not giving up on Jordan Love. I think he's done great. I think his training camp today with the Patriots was fantastic, especially since there was a lot of pressure and it was much more difficult and he still executed at a high level. We saw two really good deep passes. One of them got dropped, but it doesn't matter for for the sake of Jordan. It's just about putting the ball where it needs to be. I'm not panicked about how bad things are or, or of the negative things or whatever, 
but I'm going to highlight it. I'm going to talk about it, and I'm not going to hand out, you know, A grades for C performances. I know sometimes that makes me kind of a wet blanket, but at the same time, look, look, when I get on the phone with Blaine, my buddy Blaine, I'm a fan, and I say whatever, I say all this stuff. But when I do a podcast, if I want people to actually take me seriously, I have to try to be somewhat objective. That's all I'm going to say. So I'm not mad at you for being a fan. But you're not going to convert me into doing the fan thing on the podcast because I just I can't really do that. Hey, Ryan, real quick, it shows you, Mike. Um, I, you were talking before about Smash Burgers or a while ago. I don't remember how long ago. You said you really liked them. So good. Um, I love Smash Burgers, too. There's a place in Jersey called Smash Burger. Actually, it's probably in a lot of places. I don't know if you have one by you. Um, but I'm making burgers right now, and I was just what thinking it about it. It's called Smash um, Burgers. I don't know if you've had it before, but it's my favorite. All right? It's a Jersey it burger. All right. Anyway, you take burger. Yep. Makes you take sense. applewood smoked bacon. Sounds good. Um, I don't know if it's you who said before you don't like bacon on a burger, but just hear me out. All right? It's fine. You take fried onion strings, but they yeah. have to be fresh. They can't be the Frenches you, you get from there. You have to make fresh fried onion strings, thin. And a lot, lots of them, and then blue trees crumble, um, and it can have a little bit of the dressing texture. You don't just have to get the dry blue cheese. But anyway, out of this world. And if you want to add a little mayo to the bun and toast it up a tiny bit, that's perfect. Anyway, go back up. I, I feel obligated to try it for your sake. I've only had blue cheese once in my life. Is when I was forced to eat a salad. Um, I was had to eat greens or whatever. We went out with my stepmom's stepdad, and he was a friggin' jerk off, and um, he was just a horrible person. But anyways, he was real big on like pushing me to eat vegetables or whatever. So I had to get a salad, and then I had to choose a topping. So I just picked blue cheese, and they're like, "That's the worst thing you could pick." And I'm like, "Dude, I don't know. This all just tastes like garbage. I don't really care about the blue cheese." But the bottom line is, it just it doesn't sound super great. But um, what about is it like close to gorgonzola? Because surprisingly, as much as that looks nasty and seems like a really strong cheese, I really like that. So can I substitute gorgonzola? And then instead of onion strings, can I put like fries on it or something? I don't want to eat onions. I'll, I'll use onion powder. Can we do that? That could be a that could be a thing. Maybe I don't know. I, I, I I'm 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 not I'm not gonna try it because I'm not gonna fry onions. But I don't know. I will I will try to do something along those lines in honor of you, Jersey Mike. But um, I don't think I'm going to have that exact thing. Hey, Ryan, this is Travis from Fredericksburg. What up? I was just calling. Um, I know you've had a lot of notes, obviously, called in about the game and how players performed and how they did. And I don't need to reiterate anything on that. But uh, one thing I haven't heard, which was small but meaningful to me, uh, when Samori Torre uh, kind of bobbled that kickoff and then had to bring it out and got tackled there, what, maybe the five, ten yard line. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, we're running the twos and threes at that point. So Samori stays out on the field to continue with the offense. And you could, the, the uh, camera stayed panned on the field, which was pretty cool for that kind of, you know, swapping of the guard while they're bringing the kickoff team off and offense on. And Samori just kind of like, he stepped a little bit outside the back of the huddle and you could see him like, you know, clapping his hands together, trying to psych himself back up, you know, like, oh man, I, I fudged up, you know, let me, let's get this going. Like, and what I noticed was Tay Wicks came right out from the sideline, walked past the starting of the huddle formation because he was still kind of off to the side and he went right up to him, dapped him up, gave him a little slap on the helmet and brought him back into the huddle. And it's like, bro, that's, that's our rookie right there. I mean, like, I know we've talked about, the, the excitement with the young, hungry team, and we've talked about how much they support each other, but seeing it right there on the field in live time, a guy who just messed up on a play, and he knows it, everyone knows it, and to see a first-year rookie receiver come right out to him and be like, hey, buddy, we got this, all right? We're going to we're gonna fix this. It's okay. And just, just seeing the way this team is progressing, it's, it's getting me very excited, like, yeah, give me a four and four and twelve season, four and thirteen season. I don't care. This team is awesome. I'm excited. I don't think we're gonna be that bad because I think we're pretty darn good. But yeah, I just thought that was a nice little uh, thing that I noticed. Tay Wicks stepping up, being a leader, supporting his guys. Love it. Love it. 
right. Keep up the great work. Go back. Go. Yeah, it's so cool because, I mean, you know, again, they all kind of came into this together and they are like a, a, a mini new family. But it's also weird because we don't know these guys. You know, I don't know anything about Tay Wicks. I don't know anything about uh, Malik Heath or Samori Ture or any of these guys. And so it's 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 interesting because you mentioned that I didn't know anything about that. I mean, you said that that you know nobody's really been talking about it, but um, I'll have to go back and try to find that. But um, yeah, I mean, like I, I I don't know anything about Tay Wicks. I don't know a single thing. I don't know if I've heard a single interview from him. Same with really Samori Ture. I don't know too much about him either. So it'll be kind of interesting as you know as they all kind of grow together, we're kind of also growing and learning with them. I mean, it's, it's such an unusual situation that we're in. I don't know if this has ever really been a thing before where you've got a team that has an unknown quarterback and, you know, an unknown two tight ends and you got Watson and Dobbs and Reed and Turay and Wicks and Heath and like, everybody's new. I don't know anybody. I don't know Zach Tom. What's up with Zach Tom? What about Devonte Wyatt and Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks and, Lucas Van Ness and Justin Hollins and Kingsley Anigbare and Quay Walker and Isaiah McDuffie. Like, I don't know any of these guys. But it is great to see that they are um, kind of bonding over that. And and I think that's an important thing for this team to be able to, um, to be able to make some strides. We're already seeing it in terms of their ability to bounce back. I mean, that's been very evident. It's one of the positive things, more positive things that I've seen about this team so far is – you know, the, the Packers of old, we'll say, seem to be very affected by um, what was going on around them. If things were going south, if things were going poorly, it just spiraled, right? If things were going good, it would spiral up. But if things were going bad, it could spiral down in a really, really negative way. And with this team, it doesn't seem to matter. It's just another play. You know, it's like rock, paper, scissors. Like I don't care what happened last time. It's just I'm just throwing a different thing this time. You're throwing a different thing. We'll see if my thing beats your thing throwing an interception one play has no bearing on whether or not we're going to come back because most of the time they do come back and score touchdowns. And I, I think this, uh, this young team just, they, they, they don't know any better. It's, it's almost a, a blissful ignorance. And I think that's fantastic that they're not jaded. They're not, um, they don't have this mentality of like, Oh, here we go. They're just like, I don't know. I'm just going to go out there and friggin' dominate. That's, that's all I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to win a team, man. I'm trying to get a contract. So it's, it's a very cool situation that we're in. Yes, it's going to be bumpy, um, but I mean, all things considered, I think it's been uh, very, very positive so far. Hey, Ryan, this is Aaron. I'm just calling because now that there's football happening and there's actually kind of games being played, even though it's just preseason, there's going to be more calls about football and the Green Bay Packers rather than real things like is Joe the janitor an actual janitor right. or horror movies or things like is which player on the team is Kevin from the office. Um, So in the spirit of calling in about things that have nothing to do with football Mm. and are not football related whatsoever, I'm going to call in and talk about the Chicago bears and the most huge stat line I've ever seen over the weekend. Right. So I wasn't watching the bears game. And I, so after about like the first quarter or so around that roughly time, I looked at, I just looked at my ESPN app and looked at the stats and was like, holy crap, Justin Fields is looking good. Only to find out that the like 140 yards that he had on the two throws and two touchdowns was a check down and a screen pass. Right. Um, and so I go on Instagram and everyone like the comments are like, some of the comments are like, yeah, you know, realize that he's not going to score. That he's not going to be able to do this on a screen pass and every check down. Right. And then the replies to that were like, Oh no, you're just a hater. It's like, no, because he's not going to be able to do that. Every screen pass and every check down. If that was Jordan love that did that, that like threw it to like Christian Watson and, Emmanuel Wilson, and they took a screen pass and a check down for like 60 yard touchdowns. Everyone be like, oh, it's just a screen pass and a touchdown. It's just like, dude, Justin Fields like looked bad throwing it six yards away from his body to a running back. Like he didn't look comfortable making that throw. Um, 
But anyways, um, so I hope that we get more calls that are about real things and not the Packers all the time. Um, but that being said, um, it's good to hear more about the Packers and see more about the Packers and see everything that's going on and get into football season. Um, oh, and one last thing. I thought of this awesome fantasy-like thing where it's like everyone auto-drafts and is not allowed to set their lineup all year. I think that would be pretty sweet. Okay. So, um, Fair enough. It's just all based on chance, and nobody sets lineups. And if you try, you have to pay more money. Um, anyways, uh, bye. Bye. And hi, John. Um, I'm actually glad you brought up the one point because I let me start with this. I severely, which is shocking, severely overestimated Bears fans. I did not expect the reaction from Bears fans that we got. I thought at the very least they would have the ability to understand that three screen passes doesn't make you a legend. It doesn't prove that you're a great quarterback at all. They have they haven't been able to figure that out. It's 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 absolutely staggering. I mean, I I remember watching it and just thinking, I figured the takeaway would be mostly positive for the Bears, and I think that's fair. I mean, if you are able to dominate a team like that, at least in those three drives with the starters, you should be happy about that. There's no reason not to be happy. But I thought at the very least, the takeaway would be. Just wait until you get a chance to see Justin Fields, right? We, we, I mean, we did all that, and we haven't even gotten a chance to see how good Justin Fields is. Something to that effect. And instead, they're they're fighting to the death to prove that three targets, three reset, or uh, yeah, three three completions, 129 yards, and two touchdowns actually makes him a really good quarterback. I, it, it's it's the most insane thing. Ever. I've been, I've been talking about how Chicago Bears fans are just gaslighting people all day long. I, I, I mean, th- this is a perfect example. This is insane. This, th- this is the most common sense thing ever. It also makes me feel much more confident in pro football focus because the fact of the matter is he got a 64 grade, which is about, about a perfect grade. It basically means you did nothing, right? It's an exactly average grade. The people that have been screaming PFF are stupid are the exact same people who are saying that he should have like a, a, a perfect grade for his three passes. If that's how you think grading works, then I no longer take you seriously when you dog PFF because you're an idiot. That's not how that works. But anyways, I'm glad you brought up that point about the screen passes because everyone is bragging about the Chicago Bears and how great they are. And it's like, look, I know I'm going to sound like a hater when I say that the Tennessee Titans defense mostly just played like garbage, plus the block in the back and all that. But let's be realistic about this. Screen passes from 60 and 80 yards out almost never go for touchdowns. Okay? This is not a thing that happens in the NFL. Everybody's way too fast. Did you notice how there was nobody anywhere? Where was the defense on any of those? It's unbelievable. So, I mean, look, it was just, it, it's preseason. The defense played like garbage. You're not going to score touchdowns on 100% of your screen passes from the other side of the field. So trying to read into that as though this is some kind of evidence of what the team is, is silly. You can be excited about it, you can be happy about it, but you know this isn't sustainable. That's just from a team standpoint, though. But the idea that that this is somehow some major accomplishment by Justin Fields, because we have to acknowledge what the other people, like the offensive lineman who blocked in the back, and the the you know DJ Moore, who's an elite receiver. I mean, congratulations for him for running in a straight line. I mean, I, granted, I don't think I've ever seen a wide receiver catch a pass and run in a straight line before. But man, DJ Moore is is truly remarkable for being able to do that. Um, but it, 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 the the bottom line is you you get credit for what you physically did. The other thing is <clears throat> they're trying to brag about fields and how like well you know you wouldn't have seen this last year right this is saw some people saying something to the effect of like well they're they're just mad because they know they're not going to be able to say that justin fields only threw for 2500 yards or whatever do you realize the last preseason game justin fields was in before that he threw for 156 yards and three touchdowns which is like 30 more yards and one more touchdown and guess what he played like crap (laughs) so i'm sorry I don't really care. 
that the guy threw three screen passes or, or two screen passes and a, and a quick out route or something. I don't remember what it was. One of those screen passes, by the way, almost got dropped because it was such a terrible thing. Also, yes, uh, John, thank you very much. Also, illegal men down the field. This is part of the reason why nobody there was no defense because they had men down the field. And there are also Chicago Bears fans saying, nope, that's not true on, on passes behind the line of scrimmage. And um, to my understanding, that's not true. That is just a college thing. Somebody else came out and said, "No, that's that's only true if it's a uh, if it's a if, if it's not a forward pass." And it was a forward. I have not been able to verify any of that. Any forward pass, any forward pass, uh, seems to be eligible, including screen passes or whatever. I I, I, don't, I don't exactly, I don't know, but there there is no evidence anywhere that the NFL allows men to be all the way down the field before the pass comes out. That is a college rule, and Bears fans are trying to tell you that that is a rule that is allowed on screen passes or something. If it is, again, I looked all over. I haven't been able to find it. I read the actual rule. I didn't see anything about screen passes in there. So, yes, illegal men down the field, block in the back, of an inaccurate screen pass, and DJ Moore ran in a straight line. I mean, the running back did a pretty good job. He, like, juked one person and also fought for that extra yard to get a touchdown. Again, you can be happy about it if you want. I thought the Bears did an okay job against what was a horrifically bad Titans team, at least on that day. Um, but you cannot tell me that what Justin Fields did was in any way impressive. It doesn't mean he was bad, by the way. That's the other thing. They get all they get all worked up about it. Like, oh, oh so, so that means he's bad? No. He may as well have done three handoffs. Three, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Should we start giving quarterbacks credit for handoffs? Because, I mean, after all, they did give it to him. They did hand it to him. They executed the handoff perfectly. Should they get credit for that? Of course not. No, they shouldn't. He got almost an exact 60 grade. 60 via PFF means you basically didn't do anything. If he took a knee, he'd get a 60 grade. That's basically what he did. He gets a little bit of credit because, you know, rather than just dropping to a knee, he had to transport the ball from here a couple feet over that direction. So it's a little bit of a higher degree of difficulty. He was three for three on the easiest passes you could possibly make. So anyways, why don't we take a quick break? Um, we'll come back and we'll uh, da, 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 do some more calls. By the way, the phone lines are officially open. You can call in if you are a known caller. If you're not, I'm just not going to answer. But um, think about it. If you feel like doing that, you can do that. We will take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coda says, how much blame will Bears fans put on the refs after we beat them week one? Um, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it too much, but I'm, that, that's a good question. What will be the excuses? I know refs will have to be one of them. But um, there, there, there's got to be a lot of them because they, they are so absolutely out of their mind down the insanity rabbit hole that um, there's going to be some wild conspiracy theories popping up if we end up beating them. It's going to be it's going to be pretty fun to watch. Um, Coda also says a wide receiver screen is basically a passing handoff, which is absolutely true. Um, too old for this says handoffs aren't easy. Just ask any of our centers. Oh, good Lord, don't get me started on that. Anyways. <laughs> On that note, let's get started with uh, Aaron number two. Hey, it's it's Jimmy. I'm just calling to uh, uh, talk about Jordan's inaccuracy one more time. Sure. Um, and just to put a finer point on it, um, I, I don't think that his la- like you know accuracy issues will be fixed in three weeks. Right. I do think that um, <clears throat> we haven't seen him in a game situation. It's not that these things don't count. It's not that they don't matter at all. But to see him in an entire game situation, given this team, this knowledge level, this um, base of proficiency and whatnot, obviously, we just haven't seen it yet. So um, uh, I am uh, hopeful that if you extrapolate his level of play over those two series, over an entire game and giving him the chance to settle in and have that kind of competition drive, I mean, sure, no doubt training camp matters um obviously uh and and there is competition there you want to do your best and whatnot but um it when i you see that little that little tongue sneak out and you see that concentration and that confidence level when he's in game time it's like a whole different thing so uh we do not know it is true we do not know um but uh i am uh, uh optimistic um, which, of course, everybody gets to be whatever they want to be. Uh, some people like to be a little more pessimistic, so if it doesn't work out, they feel better. Some people like to be a little more optimistic, so all along the way, they're having a good time. Uh, that's where I am. So um, I do have confidence that uh, that his um, overall play, even despite some errant throws here and there, which, like you say, everybody has, um, that combined with our defense and just the sheer um, like innovation of Matt LeFleur's system, which seems to be um, putting everybody in a really good position uh, in our weak division, in our weak conference. Oh, I don't know. I see a lot of potential. That, that's all I'm saying. I see a lot of potential. And uh, it'll be an exciting season uh, to, to, to see, you know, obviously how it develops. So anyway, go back to yeah, I mean, we, that that is kind of interesting. We haven't actually seen him play, aside from the Kansas City game, in a full in a full game. And yes, I am throwing out the Kansas City game because what we've been watching, what we've been seeing, what we've been hearing has really nothing to do with what we saw in, in Kansas City. But, it, you know, as far as, yeah, he gets off to a slow start and then he kind of picks it up. That'll be interesting when you're dealing with four quarters because if he starts off slow and then picks it up, how long does that last, right? Is it is it like it's good and then it's it's bad and then it's good and then it's bad and then it's good or is it bad and then it's like I'm good for the next four quarters or we don't really know we don't know what that really materializes and and looks like obviously the best case scenario is well best case scenario is we stop starting slow because that's going to end up biting us at some point um but the best case scenario is it takes him a little while to get warmed up and once he is he's he's off and running and we're good to go so yeah, I understand what you're saying I think that's a good point um there's a lot of variables that we can't account for only being able to see him the little bit that we're able to see him. Hey, Packy. Hey, bud. Regarding Anders Carlson, um, yeah, get over it. <laughs> He's our kicker. I assume he was drafted to be a 10-year kicker. I apologize. So, <clears throat> if and when he loses a game for us, get all pissed off about it because it's accepted. That's the process that we're going through at the moment. Anyhow, I will do my best to not get angry at a Packers loss. It will be the first time in human history 
that I've ever been able to do that. But uh, on the request of Bramble, if we lose a game, uh, I'm, I'm assuming I'm allowed to be mad if we lose the game unless we lose because of Anders Carlson. Then I have to be a man and suck it up and stop crying, which I guess I will, again, I will do my best. What's up? It's Aaron from Eau Claire. I just wanted to call in with a couple of uh, reactions to some stuff I was reading on some articles about uh, quarterbacks and the preseason games from the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an article that was touting Justin Fields' big day as being this giant accomplishment or whatever. And... um, and it's funny because it was just these little quick passes that were all yards after the catch, right. but um, which is fine. That's not like an indictment against Justin Fields. It's just uh, it, it just brought me to thinking about um, how sometimes the Justin Fields and Jordan Love and any kind of other quarterback that's kind of unproven or has some time to to develop or whatever, um, it seems like it, it, uh, it's like a, a microcosm of society and the way that, that we express our opinions, um, which is that you're either just one extreme or the other. And that's kind of the funny thing about it is um, – there's no room for gray, which is probably the more likely scenario for, you know, both of those quarterbacks. Um, It's either is Justin Fields a superstar MVP candidate, or is he terrible? Um, And the the truth could lie in between there in any number of. He's terrible, but you're right. It could be, it could be in between. uh, Gray shades of gray. Um, I think it's more likely that Justin Fields might, you know, be a little bit better. Maybe he has a little bit more talent around him than last year. Maybe he has a little more time to develop. But that doesn't mean he's going to all of a sudden be this giant, you know, MVP superstar. Um, and again, it could happen, but it's just funny how it just seems like maybe it's human nature that we just, we have a really hard time going in between. Same with Jordan Love, you know, it's either this guy is going to be a terrible bust or he's going to be, you know, the next, uh, the next hall of fame quarterback in green Bay. And I think, you know, again, the truth most likely lies somewhere in between. I mean, we know he's not completely incompetent. He's come in and made some plays. Um, we don't know if he's going to pan out as being, a consistent, great quarterback or not. So, anyways, um, that's my thought. Uh, let's see what you have to say. And it also makes it hard to even have a nuanced opinion because nobody hears your nuanced opinion. You know what I mean? Again, going back to the Justin Fields thing, the position is he didn't get an opportunity to really showcase what he could do. Right? He, he was like three handoffs. So, that's unfortunate for Justin Fields. He wasn't bad. He wasn't good. It was just a, a, a nothing performance. And so if you go out and you're like, no, it wasn't a great performance. It was a nothing performance. Oh, oh, you think he's terrible? Oh, so 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 what? He's he's, he's oh so so he's bad because he throws screen pass. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's what I said. It's exactly what I said. So yeah, I, I mean, it just it's it's such a stupid, <laughs> such a stupid thing. Makes it hard to interact on on anything, because everything is kind of turning into that. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 trying my best to uh, be as as nuanced as I can, or I should, maybe nuanced isn't the best way to put it. Just as as accurate as I can, which usually is not in the extremes. That is, with the exception of Justin Fields, when I say he is literally one of the worst quarterbacks we've seen in 20 years. That that is literal. But usually it's a much more nuanced take than that. But no, I, I get what you're saying, and um, it does tend to be annoying. And and, and the, the wild swings and vacillations are also kind of funny because it's it's not necessarily that everybody is all the way on one side, although that does happen. Like the Aaron Rodgers thing is that way. There are people who are entrenched on one side and people who are entrenched on the other side. 
and it doesn't matter what happens. You know, Packers, Bears fans are entrenched on one side. But, um, you know, you'll see the like what happened with Anders Carlson today. Anders Carlson made five for five, and it's, oh, it's fixed. Everything's great. Everything's amazing. It's such a great thing. Oh, what now, haters? What now? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh. And then he misses the game-winning kick. And then later he comes out for a chip shot. I think, what was it? Like a, I think it was like a 35-yard field goal. He missed it by 10 yards. It, it landed at the 10-yard line. So, you know, it's like, again, with the wild vacillations, it goes from like, we're doomed, call Mason, to, oh, everything's great, and he's he's perfect because he made five kicks. That makes him like a great kicker all of a sudden. And then, oh, boy, oh, boy, he's horrible. We got to call Mason again. Like, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe calm down a little bit or something. I would like to add one more thing to uh, that note regarding the defenses they're facing in the preseason. Um, if you'll remember, Garrett, I think I skipped your first call, but we'll get back to that. Last year, when the first game the Packers played the Bears, um, it was ironically that, uh, you know, the, the wide receivers were obviously rookies with Watson and Dobbs, but, uh, you know, it was other receivers that were getting wide open on these defensive backs against Chicago. So I think. You know, obviously our wide receivers have been getting open a lot in the preseason and in, in camp. So I only want to think it's obvious to think that against this defense that doesn't look that impressive, that our wide receivers should have plenty of open space for them to uh, give great targets to love. So I'm just trying to be very optimistic going into this game, thinking about all the possibilities of what this offense will do and what this defense will do against the bears. I'm out. Yeah. I, I think that is a good point. Um, the bears are, I mean, they were, the, they were ranked 32nd. They were ranked, I think 32nd in points. Maybe I know uh, in DVOA, they were considered one of the worst. Um, and then I think they were actually 32nd by, by DVOA as well. Then you factor in, we went up against, you know, the Packers defense. We don't know what the Packers defense is, but we know it's loaded with talent. So that makes it complicated for our offense. Bengals defense. We don't know what the Bengals defense is, but they were a borderline top 10 defense. PFF had them 11th um, last year. The Patriots. The Patriots are a stiff defense, giving us a rough time. Jordan looked really good today against them. The wide receivers have looked good consistently against the Packers, against the Bengals, and against New England. They were ranked 8th on defense last year via PFF. Choose your own ranking, but... The point is, the Chicago Bears, via PFF, another ranking, so that's three, had the Chicago Bears dead last. Now, did they improve their defense? Probably. Did they improve it massively to, to where they're going to be a top 10 defense better than what we're getting from the Patriots? I doubt it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, th that is a good thing about having tougher competition. I'm glad we're having so many joint practices. I mean, in the past, it was, it was such a rare thing. I mean, it wasn't even that long ago. What was it, 2019 or 2020, our first joint practice? And um, it was kind of a weird thing. Like, I can't believe we're doing this. And then this year we're having like three joint practices, two with the Patriots and two with the, the, the Bengals on top of our three preseason games. I mean, I love it. I want as much adversity as, as we can possibly get. And when you see our offense shine through that adversity, you know, the defense for the Bears, they're going to be able to make plays. They've got NFL football players too. There's, there's no doubt about it. There's going to be some frustration, missed passes, might even be some tip passes, picks, sacks, whatever. But in comparison, I mean, that defensive front is going to be the worst defensive front the Packers have faced up to that point. Those DBs are the worst DBs the Packers will have faced up to that point. Um, safeties and linebackers are pretty good. But other than that, I mean, this is it's essentially a cakewalk in comparison to what they've been facing. Let's get back to Garrett's first call here. Hey, Pack Daddy. It's uh, Garrett the Mailman. Um, very excited to hear that you're going to have a live show coming up. Yeah. Um, I'm right excited now. for this format. Good stuff. Although usually my calls happen when I'm at my day job and my night job, I usually can't make phone calls. So oh, okay. uh, we'll see how this Sorry how this that. goes. But I'll listen nonetheless. Nonetheless. Thank you. But uh, when it comes to all these drop calls, dude, you drop more calls than Taylor Swift drops boyfriends. Come is on, it, man. Is it a lot or? And why do you know that? Don't call in here saying you giving me Taylor Swift trivia, dude. 
By the way, I am kind of shocked how big she is. I didn't realize how massive she Like, I knew Taylor Swift was a big deal. But there's a lot of, like, big celebrities that come and go. She's like... It's 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 a bigger thing than I realized that it was. But um, no, I don't know her dating history. I don't. I couldn't tell you one person that she dated. To be honest, I I know I've heard her songs. If you offered me a billion dollars to name one, I couldn't name one right now. Um, but seriously, I, I wanted to ask regarding the upcoming next preseason games. We're facing what is legitimately a a good defensive coach who has a legacy of. You know, scheming against an offense yeah. and taking away their best, you know, what their best uh, attributes are. And I'm wondering when it comes to how do we really judge a team playing against a Patriots defense, who's maybe down a little bit, but also playing against a Seattle defense the following week, who does have some, you know, potential there um, of kind of rising up in their division for sure. So what I'm trying to get at with the defenses we're playing against, do you really feel like playing against much stiffer defenses really does prepare Green Bay for the first game? Yes. When it comes to we've seen the best of the best that we possibly can in defense and preparing for the schemes and the offensive blocking. Um, what's your opinion of just the, the preseason importance of facing good teams and getting us ready for our first game against the Bears. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, again, we kind of went backwards with your calls, but um, I, th- I think the um, – you know, it's funny because somebody actually asked a Chicago Bear that question a while ago, and it was like such a – I'm not trying to be rude, but it was such an obvious answer. Yeah, your kids ever ask you like such an easy question, you don't know how to answer it, and then you get really mad because you feel stupid? My daughter does that all the time. I'll, I'll say something. She's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I, it's, it's like, it's just, you haven't heard that before. Like we say it every day. Like, I, okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, do I think playing good defense is going to help our offense? Yes, I do. Now I, I actually think it would be really beneficial if we played a similar style of defense to what Matt Eberflus runs, just because you get some of the similar looks you see, for example, how you know Jordan can watch how these guys react to certain things in different formations and guys that are coming or going, dropping or this or that. I think that would be the most beneficial. But I still think stiff defense in general is going to be beneficial. One of the negatives that I've had, not you know, not specifically for Jordan Love, but th- just the fact that he hasn't seen a lot of pressure. He didn't see any in our last preseason game, and um, he's going to face some in a regular season game. He's going to have at least one pressure against the Chicago Bears. As bad as they are, I, I'm, I'm quite confident that'll happen. So he has to be prepared for that, right? What happens when things break down? How do we, you know, we're simulating stuff. We're, we're building up those those uh, those muscles in the brain, the, the, uh, the electrons, getting them all firing and connecting and whatnot. Um, I'm trying to sound smart, and it, it fell flat. But <laughs> the... What is that called now? Now it's going to annoy me because I know what that's called. Doesn't matter. The um, yeah, it's, it's it's good for him to face that. And and Bill Belichick might be a different defensive system than what Ibrahulus runs, but he also runs a lot of complex stuff. So even if it's not specifically the same things, just the fact that it messes with your head and kind of forces you to kind of take your understanding to that next level, right? It's not just vanilla stuff. It's it's a little bit more complex and, and forces you to, to think a little bit harder so that hopefully when you face the Bears, it's actually a little bit of a step down would be, I guess, the hope um, facing them. Caller number five. Hello, caller number five here. I know this is going to sound very homerish. Okay. And I know it's going to sound a little silly, but Sounds hear me good. out. Uh, and I don't even think it's, it's likely, but I do Rabble. think – Green Bay Packers for this year are closer to the Super Bowl than they are to being a bottom half team in the NFC. I'd even say they're closer to the Super Bowl than not being a top 10 team uh, this year. And here's why. Look at the rest of the competition amongst the quote-unquote contenders, right? There's a couple that I might give you. Eagles, okay, you can have that. They're probably better. But can we get lucky on a weekend game? 
uh, on a playoff game. You never know. Eli Manning pulled it out of you know where a couple times. So why not us? Uh, the Cowboys, their defense is great, but I don't trust Dak. Do you? I don't think so. The Giants and the Commanders, whatever. Um, they're going to be plucky, but uh, they might also have claim to what I'm saying here. But anyway, NFC West, right? Uh, you got the Cardinals, joke, Rams, joke, 49ers. Their entire team is dependent on Brock Purdy having another similar year. Are we really scared of that? Um, the Seahawks, are we really scared of, of that team? I mean, I'm I'm not terribly scared of that team. Uh, they're getting really hyped, but I'm not buying it. And then in the North, obviously, we've talked about this ad nauseum. The Vikings are objectively worse on defense. The Lions are, remember, they were 1-6 last year, and then they put it together. Um, will that continue? Maybe. Who knows? And the Bears are a joke. Uh, NFC South, uh, I'm not scared of the Falcons. I'm not scared of the Panthers. I'm not scared of the Bucks. And that leaves the Saints with Derek Carr. Do we really expect him to, you know, do we really expect him to be that good? We really expect them to be top contenders this year. They're in a weak division, so they'll probably make the playoffs, but can we beat them on a weekend? I think so. So that's my contention. I think we're closer to the Super Bowl, assuming we get better quarterback play than we did last year. And uh, the way the defense has been looking, uh, I'm not ruling it out, man. Now, I'm not saying dead on it, but I'm not ruling it out. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think that's a massively hot take because I think the Packers generally are seen as sort of like right in the middle. I just pulled up uh, PFF's ranking of where everybody, uh, the, the power rankings for 2023, and they've got the Packers at 18. So that's just slightly closer to being, you know, the, the worst team than being the best team. But even if you look at, okay, who are sort of the, the middle of the pack teams that you're comparing to? Like, are we better or worse than? 16 is the Seahawks, 15 is the Lions, 14 is the Vikings. We know that we're right in that conversation. So are we closer in that? And and that's with things being kind of not super great. That's conceding that it's going to be a little bumpy with love and it's going to be bumpy with the young wide receivers and, and the youth everywhere. If we start talking about love is actually really solid and these wide receivers are as good as advertised through this entire offseason, as is the pass rush and everything else. Plus, oh, by the way, Rashawn's going to be back probably week one, it looks like. And if we're talking that, then then you start looking at it like, OK, well, I'm pretty sure we're better than the Lions, although we'll see because they, they, they ended the season pretty hot, whatever. But that's that's a separate discussion where maybe the Lions are like a top 10 team better than the Vikings. The Giants, yes, we're better than that. Jaguars, you know. They're a pretty solid team. You know, you start talking about Jaguars, Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens, it, it kind of feels like that's where that's where it kind of makes sense a little bit. Jaguars have a young, talented quarterback with some good receivers and whatnot. Miami has a young, talented quarterback with some really talented wide receivers and, you know, respectable defense and whatnot. Baltimore, talented, dynamic quarterback, not so much on the receivers, but they got a tight end, good defense. So we're kind of looking in that range. Even even you know number nine Cleveland Browns. I don't know why they're so high. I guess we're we're all in on the quarterback, but you know, talented quarterback, good defense. Chargers. I mean, who who is sort of where, where you get to where it gets to be ridiculous? Like Dallas? No, I, I think we could be. You know, is if we're talking ceiling here for the Green Bay Packers, Dallas? No, I don't even know if Dallas is going to be good this year. I have no idea. The Jets, same thing. We're just assuming the Jets are the sixth best. Are we Are we absolutely certain? I'm not. I don't know that the Jets' defense will be better than the Packers' defense. I don't know that the Jets' receivers will be better. The quarterback will probably be better, but you have to also have to factor in the offensive lines. How good is Aaron Rodgers behind the third-worst offensive line compared to Jordan Love behind the third-best offensive line? I think when you get into the top five is when it gets to be a little bit silly, Right saying that we're going to jump into the conversation with the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm not going to say the 49ers because I hate them and I refuse to acknowledge how good they are, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's where it's like, all right, fine. I'm not going to try to push us into that. That that needs to be earned. Even if you're even if you're saying the ceiling can be in there, fine, but I'm, I'm just not going to push into that top five. That is a solidified top five that has earned the, the right to be called top five, even if it might be a little premature for the Eagles because they only did it once. They went to the Super Bowl. I think they've earned it. Anything outside of the top five, though, it's absolutely up for discussion. We could absolutely be better than the Jets, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Browns, the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Giants, the Vikings, the Lions, the Seahawks, the Steelers, the 
the, the freaking Bears they put 19. PFF, I'm going to kick you in the nuts. You guys suck so bad. I swear. I'm sorry. Was that inappropriate? Um, no, I, I, I it, it's, it's, you can make a case for whatever, but I don't think it's absurd or even necessarily a massively hot take to say we're closer to one end of the spectrum than the other. I, Cause I think we're kind of on that line anyways. Let's do one more. We're all having fun here today. Who's next? Jeffy boy. What's up? Hello, Ryan. Hey, Hey, hi, Jeff. What's up? Hi, how are you? Um, Glad say here. I don't know if you're still doing the live YouTube deal. Yeah, uh, but I wanted to trying, man. Um, been busy. Want to check in with you? Um, the thing about by the way, Ramble said got here late. Was I on? You literally like right before you jumped on here and said hello. We we played your call, so I apologize for that. Also, I do apologize for not getting you a time. I don't know what time I'm going to be able to do live. Everybody's like, you have to have a consistent schedule. Blah blah. blah. I can't, dude. I got so much stuff going on. I got family and kids and all that. Whenever I can sneak on here and get it done, that's when it's going to happen. So just assume roughly in this time period is when it's going to happen. I'll try to give you a warning. Shout out. Please follow me on Twitter. Hit the little thing. By the way, subscribe. Hit the little bell notification. That's the easiest way. If you, if you don't do that, then I don't want to hear you complaining about it because that's an easy way to know when these things go live and jump on here. Not scolding you, Brambo. I'm just saying for, for just for your edification, now you know. Packers, for me, I you know, we've been talking a lot about them offensively and defensively and special teams and all this stuff. But I think just on the offensive side of the football, I want to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that stands out to me is just how fast they are now. You were talking about how everybody's open. My goodness, speed does kill, doesn't it? These guys just have so much speed. It, they, they just look like a different football team. And they have speed on defense, too. But I... I am amazed offensively in particular at just how much speed we have. And I think that speed is just, uh, it just makes them look like such a different team offensively. So yeah, guys are getting open. And uh, I think it's because we've got guys who can really run. Um, It's been tremendous to watch. So thanks buddy. Just want to check in with you and share that. Yeah, the the speed really is crazy. I'd mentioned recently watching that Titans-Bears game is when I think I started to respect our team, and maybe it's just because the Titans are slow, but um, we've been slowly building on speed for quite a while now. Um, I think even down sort of the the tail end of the Ted Thompson era, and we've just been getting faster and faster ever since. I mean, I remember when Kevin King ran like a 4-4-2, and he was like the fastest freak in the history of the world. Like he he was what six foot three, ran a 4-4-2 or something. It's like, dude, this guy's blazing fast. Now we got Jair is like the slowest corner we got. He runs like a 4-3-8 or something. <laughs> like it's just, I mean, guys are just getting faster all over the place. But I mean, Jordan Love does have some mobility. I wouldn't say he's you know he's not Lamar Jackson or anything, but but he can move. Um, A.J. Dillon, his size-speed combination is just ridiculous. Christian Watson is one of the fastest receivers in football. Dobbs has decent top-end speed. He's one of those guys that if this was five years ago, he'd be blazing fast. But, you know, all things considered, he's not. Jaden Reed, very fast. Luke Musgrave, potentially the fastest tight end in football. If not, he's clearly top five, top three for sure, I would say, probably. Um, even on the defense, Devontae Wyatt is an absolute freak. Wooden and Brooks are edge rushers on the interior. So we've got blazing fast interior defensive linemen. Rashawn Gary's a freak. Lucas Van Ness is a freak. Quay Walker we got. I mean, he's not like the most blazing fast guy, but he is a really quick sideline to sideline guy. So no, it's, it's really an impressive thing. And, and, you know, speed isn't everything. doesn't guarantee that you're going to be a good football team, but, um, you know, when, when you get guys, especially in, in the early rounds, who it's not just speed, there, there's more to it than speed. These are really good football players. And then you start to see them put it together. I mean, these are the kinds of guys that are going to be some of the best in football. You know, if it doesn't pan out, then it was just a stupid pick. We saw that with wide receivers. You know, you get these guys with four three two speed, and it's like, yeah, but they suck at football. But um, when it clicks, that's when you get some serious superstars. So we'll see how many of these guys pan out. And... Um, Hopefully we got some some real superstars here because it's actually been the hit rate has been quite high for a lot of these guys. And I'm excited to see if we can get Lucas Van Ness and Christian Watson and some of these other freaks that we've got to be not just good receivers for the Packers, not just, you know, top 20 type guys. I'm talking, you know, top 10, top five wide receivers in the NFL. 
because they they absolutely have the athletic upside to do it. So, anyways, we're gonna end it with the calls unless somebody wants to pop in a call real quick. Um, I'm trying to go through the comments here. Emilio says Bears still suck. Pet Cola thirty one says Bears definitely still suck. That seems like an appropriate way to end the show. Appreciate you guys jumping on. This is the first time doing the live stream. Uh, again, I did open it up to calls, but nobody did call in. So one of these days, somebody will do it. Uh, I will plan on doing this again tomorrow. Again, subscribe on the YouTubes. If you're here, please hit the like button. Please make sure you're subscribed. Do me that favor. Um, if you're not, if you're listening on the podcast, by the way, podcast right there. Go ahead and scan that. Um, head over, head on over to YouTube. Please do me that favor. Pack on that podcast. Trying to get that rolling, get that growing. So, anyways, you guys have a good rest of your night. I'll talk to you later. Bye bye.